0: Welcome back to Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast. Here we'll explore topics related to community, communication, and connection to help you better serve the people of your parish. Every month, our host, John Cardenas, is joined by various experts and special guests who explore topics that help parish leaders encourage their communities in living their Catholic faith daily. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a new episode of Catholic Life Every Day. Welcome back to Catholic
1: Life Every Day podcast. Today, we're excited to sit down with artist Jen Norton to discuss the role of faith in her art.
2: That's right, John. Jen is an incredibly talented artist who creates stunning pieces that are both visually stunning and emotionally evocative. But what makes her work truly unique, and I absolutely love this about Jen, is the way in which she weaves her faith into her art.
1: Absolutely, Tommy. I think our listeners are going to love hearing Jen's perspective on the intersection of faith and art. It's such an interesting topic and one that I believe we need, it doesn't get talked about enough in our faith, that intersection between faith in art, in the connection, that where do we gain that inspiration to deliver the beautiful work that hopefully many of our listeners today will see.
2: Yeah. And art is such an important part of the faith. You look at icons, you look at all the beautiful art throughout the history of the church. And I think Jen is the perfect person to discuss that aspect of faith with us because she's not only an incredible artist, but also has a deep sense of faith.
1: I couldn't agree more. Well, I think we're in for a really insightful and inspiring conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome Jen Norton to the show. Jen, welcome.
2: Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's just great to be here. Thank you for being here with us on the Catholic Life Everyday Podcast. And I want to start off with this question for you, Jen. Obviously, we know that your faith is a big part of your life. But I want to know personally, how does your faith influence your art? What's that process like for you?
3: Well, you know, really art of any kind, not just painting, is a language. You know, we all, we could speak English or maybe Spanish or we have other languages, but art is a visual language. So for me, as a kid, I was extremely shy. So I think one of the reasons I do art isn't because I wanted to be an artist. It was just that was how I communicate the best. That's how I could express my emotional needs the best. And unbeknownst to me throughout my lifetime of doing that, it became my language that I speak to God. And I again, I wasn't conscious. I wasn't sitting down to make prayerful piece of art ever. It's just in doing that, while my hands were moving and while my mind was engaged, my heart was engaged somehow with the spirit. And now in in particular, I'm doing Catholic work. I didn't always do that, but it's a way for me to just hash things out. I'm not a theologian. I'm just a lay person trying to figure it out. And the deeper I get in, the more I realize I need Jesus and art gives me the time to struggle with those things and try going one way and go, nope, that didn't work. What, God, what are you trying to tell me in this and go another way? And so it's really just this ongoing conversation. And I think even if you're a musician or you're a dancer, whatever your art is co- a sh- cooking for your family, that's what it is. We tend to discount those things in modern life and we go for the things that are the obvious money makers. as is how we value ourselves and, <laughs> We're leaving a lot out of the picture when we do that. And a lot of our mental illness in the world is probably because of that. So it's really just been my lifeline a way for
1: me to know that God is really there. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, that's really interesting. Now, can you give us an example how your faith has specifically influenced one of your pieces of art?
3: Yeah. So I have props with me. Hold on. I brought there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a glare here because I got a window in front of me. Oh no, it's perfect. Um, Love it. So this piece you may have seen, this is my Hail mm-hmm. Mary piece, and it's on the cover of Hail Mary Word by Word by Ave Maria Press. And I actually didn't do it for them. I had done it before and they found it. But this piece, I was doing all kinds of art and selling art on street street fairs and my background's in graphic design, so I did have a, a job before all this, but just trying to figure myself out. And there was a point in my our family. History when my daughter was an early teen, where just things just got really rough. And I was left with nothing but prayer. And what do I do with this situation that it was involving my daughter and things she was going through? And there was about a year I didn't paint anything. And I would, that's when I really started saying the rosary. I used to say like a decade on my hand to fall asleep at night or something, but not very devotional. And I just really turned to it as a lifeline of please help me. Just it was horrible. And throughout the, Course of that year, what I started to hear was under the chaos was let it be. You know, don't do anything, but it's gonna be okay. This is meant to be, let it be. And there was this sense of peace. And in that year, I was called to paint this particular piece of Mary holding up the cross from the rosary with the there's words in maybe not but closer. You may she has the words of her going through her veil and through her body. And mm-hmm. and where it says Jesus, she's holding the rosary, but it's almost the shape of a woo. And I, this is one of these divine inspiration pieces. There's only been a couple in my decade that I've been doing Catholic work where I feel like the image was given to me. Just paint this. So I painted this and I tossed it in my Etsy shop with all of my landscapes and other things that were in there Mm -hmm. that were like Steli, but not really. And it just started (laughs) Steli. And I'm like, what's going on? Because I had no idea that there was a market for Catholic art. Like most (laughs) people, I think of the Renaissance art and things in Europe. No clue that there's a possibility of doing modern Catholic work. No clue that was what I was called to do. And I had spent years. I had an agent for a while. I'd gone to New York many times and tried to wrestle up business and all kinds of crazy stuff that I would do to try to figure myself as an artist because there was no business plan to be an artist. And then this just fell in my lap solely, I think, because I turned to God in this incredible time of need. And then it just grew from there. This was a case for my life. Informed the art, prayer life informed the art, and then the art took me in a direction that leads me to you guys today that I could not have ever imagined. That's the one I bring up the most. <laughs> they all have their own story, but that's the that was the first one I did. that was specifically Catholic.
2: I love that that you mentioned that it your faith is informing your pieces. I think of I think we probably all have this experience with whatever maybe our hobbies are, or our jobs are, or our mm-hmm. vocations are. Like I myself, and it's funny you brought it up, cooking as an art form, I love to cook. Yeah. And I always go back to the Gospels whenever I'm cooking something. And I think of how important food was and how important food still is today. Jesus is resurrected. And one of the first things that he does is he goes and eats food with his disciples. And then, of course, we have the Eucharist, which is the best food we can ever have. And so uh, for really all of my time cooking, my faith has informed or influenced my purpose in cooking and why I do it and why I do it for my family and all this stuff. I'm wondering for you, what do you find about your faith that gives you a sense of purpose or mission specifically as an artist?
3: Gosh, I don't know. I guess it's just the hope of what's to come because it could be this world could be an awfully lonely place. And just to have that lifeline and now have it turn into a business where I now can. It leads me to people and it leads me to connection in a way. And again, I was super shy as a kid. I mean, I went to the child psychiatrist and everything. They didn't know what to do with me. And so it's very easy for me to live in a cave and never talk to anyone and not even notice. But I've met. Well, like you're a cook. My husband loves to cook, too. He's Italian and his family. Everything evolves around food like you're planning. Lunch while you're eating breakfast. But their house.
2: I was supposed to be a (laughs) town. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: But, uh, you know, the thing is, when you're around their table and it's a, their kitchen table, it's first of all, it's about 20 feet long. And there's usually many people beyond the family there. And you can be your worst self and you're still going to be accepted. It's kind of an amazing thing when I really sit and think about it. It's just the most truest thing to me. You know, I've always been an artist to some degree. And I was spent so many years trying to figure out how to make money, whether it's my design career or whether it's just selling whatever paint or trying to get better at what I'm doing. And But it's led me to all these connections. But now it's like, I realize I've always had this desire for faith in me. I was that teenager that loved going on the church retreats. And I didn't speak a word, but I love to listen to everybody's talks and all that. That was fascinating to me. And uh, And I've just always, I've always found solace in it. Even as a kid, I did pray the rosary. I rather, I had a little bit of OCD, so if I made a mistake on the last Glory Be, would say it all again. But I had this obsession; <laughs> it was always there, and it must have been just always something I could hold on to as, "Oh, mm-hmm. this must be true, and this must be good, and w- this won't hurt me." And so it's it showed up in different ways. And I used to collect the church bulletins for the gospel stories in the front, thinking someday maybe I'll write like a children's book about it. And I had no idea what to do with this. I had a stack of these things in my closet for years. And again, but here it is. I'm writing books and I'm making art and I'm now engaged in the world in a on a level that first of all, my mother's, oh great, my daughter's an artist. And I'm like, oh God, are you gonna be an artist? How are you gonna make money? And I could have not have predicted it at all. And it's just led me, I think it's brought I guess the short answer maybe is it's brought what's been inside me my whole life and connected it with what's outside me and available to have and brought those two things together. And by magically without me knowing exactly what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> Jen, that's beautiful, beautiful way of expressing that connection. And I can relate to you in many ways. I myself, I consider myself an amateur artist in a way. Again, my kids continue to ask me, dad, bring back that joy of art into your life. Uh, and listening to you it brings back memories of my childhood growing up i was in many ways i was always finding ways on how to connect with our faith my grandmother was a big influence in my catholicism and cradle catholic and going to church and doing all sorts of things with her for our church but at the same time i remember always longing for what else is there what else can i do what else can i continue doing fast forward to today now with young teenagers now in our household, what's been exciting about this whole journey now, of what, 44 years old? Goodness, I always forget my age. you have? younger than <laughs> I am. <laughs> but for, 44, yeah, 44 years old. And in this 44 years of age, I can still go back to those moments early in my life of what inspired me to be Catholic of what I love about being Catholic and how can I now take what I've learned, that foundation into what I do today. Believe me, here sitting here with you, having this interview, representing our company Diocesan, connecting with so many people from so many walks of life across the country that shared their stories about their experiences in the Catholic space or their experiences with our products. It is so inspiring to hear you say that because it, it feels it almost feels like we've been we've been God already has a plan for us. Mm. We just need to listen to Him yeah. and follow. Yeah his, his uh, call. And wait for his timing too. You
3: know <laughs> the, Sometimes
1: it's just about the timing. Yes. The timing, priming, everything that goes along with preparing. So focusing on this idea, this beautiful way of how you approach art, how do you balance the creative side of your art with the message that you want to convey?
3: Gosh, I don't know. I guess it's just a minute by minute talking to God. I mean, the, the message... As I de- and I find as I go deeper into it, I'm just more and more engaged. Like I almost can't read a normal novel anymore. Like it's nice, but I want to go over here and read. Like right now I now read slowly the, di- the diary of Saint Faustina, which is, in a way, it's like there. She keeps having the same conversations in her hand and Jesus keeps telling her the same thing. But yet, I'm engaged in it in some way mm-hmm. because I'm engaged with Jesus. You know, now in a way that maybe I wasn't before. It was more in my, my head. And now it's moved slowly down into my heart where like, I feel it. I feel that invitation. And so the art is just part of that. The art is just one facet of that. And honestly, the art is almost in an odd way, less than the making of the art, less important to me now than it used to be, because it used to be such a lifeline hmm. and it used to be such a, maybe a, an ego draw too. Oh, I, okay. I'm going to be an artist. And hmm. what does that entail? And now it's a tool now. And I'm glad I have the writings and things that I can do now too, because now it's okay. I've gone deeper. And I don't need to discover as much to engage myself in a story. Now I need to start letting it through me, just sort of a different thing. Mm-hmm. And where does that take me? And, and where do I step back and let and be more humble about it all? Because it isn't my artist ego anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's more like, Oh, this really is something from God that I didn't have a whole lot of control over. I could have had any other life, you know, possible. And I was on this world and I ended up with this one. And so where do I just let that flow through me and stop trying to control it all? Mm-hmm. Which is a, that's a whole life learning lesson itself.
2: I think it's really interesting. You brought up the idea of taking it from your head to your heart. I've always heard we, it's not enough to have information in our head, but we have to have transformation in our heart. And that the longest trip you can ever take as a human being is from your head to your heart.
3: That's actually the quote that I start out my latest book with. That's exactly the quote I started. Oh, perfect. With. There you go. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even mean to set that up, but there it was. Um, you set it up well. yeah. Um, Holy Spirit. That's what we call a very easy pitch, right? <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that, you held up your book. You're doing all these really cool creative things, mm-hmm. getting into writing, obviously still doing your art pieces. Where would you say that your art is taking you, maybe in the next year, next five years? Where is your art and your faith taking you in the future? What are you most excited these are about?
3: I know. What am I most excited about? Well, that's funny. When I start like a, a, when you work on a book, you work in a series and that's always challenging as an artist because the minute I start something, go, Oh, this is it. I'm automatically starting to think about the next thing. Mm -hmm. So as the book is out and I'm doing these interviews, I'm interested in the concept of being overshadowed. And I shouldn't even say this out there because I have to commit myself to it. But (laughs) uh, when you start off with the enunciation, Mary is overshadowed. I can't exactly how the verse is worded, but by God, as she's learning about her future and Peter is overshadowed by this shadow at the, at the transfiguration. Anyway, there's different things in that. And the formats of my books are, tend to be moving in the direction of let's look at the saints and how they handle it, which is nice for me because I'm learning a lot, honestly, along with the reader as I write these things. But just the idea of overshadowing, which is part of how I spoke about a minute ago, getting into this whole art, art career. Mm-hmm of that God reveals himself and guides us through the most difficult parts of our life, not the easy part. And that we have to, we never want to, but if we can welcome those moments of being overshadowed, of letting that darkness move mm-hmm. over and through us, rather than fighting it. We all want to fight it. You get a diagnosis at the doctor. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to win. I'm going to be the not- lives. Yeah. Maybe you are. I don't know, but- <laughs> What else is going to be happening with you while your body is dealing with this thing? You mm-hmm. know, like stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so just, I don't know, I guess it's just going deeper. And a lot of it is, is confronting my own fear and my own lack of trust. That's just the ongoing battle that maybe underlies all of these things. And then the themes I can pick are just already there because we have thousands of years of prophets and rights in Christ to draw from. Just constant, you know. Yesterday, I could have been, yes, God, I trust you. And today, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. (laughs) But it's just an ongoing battle. So that's where I'm looking at when I pick what art pieces I'm going to be doing.
1: It's allowing him to guide us and lead us. And let it be him and his will, the one that gives us the inspiration to move forward in our lives. That's always been my motto with our children and our family. So it's great to hear that. Jen, we're also, we'd like to explore a little bit more about your recent new journal. I believe it was released in January, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
3: Yes, it was. And I uh, I have, so I have that here. It's called A Rise to Blessedness. And it's a journal retreat with eight modern saints to live the Beatitudes. And I I haven't promoted it a lot because before that I had my other book, Surrender All, which is all about the stations. Uh And of course we just got through with Lent. That was a night distraction, but Sorry about all the sticky notes here, just so I can find my place. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it came out in January, and uh, here we are now post-Easter or d- Easter season, so it's a good time to talk about it. It's about the Beatitudes. And with the first book, with the Stations of the Cross, mm-hmm. we, of course, see how much Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. And with the Beatitudes, what I started to realize as I was writing it and researching the saints I wanted to use was, wow, this is a this is sort of the invitation to how much do we love God back? Mm-hmm. And in in writing it, I kept trying to look for those. I felt those same things like, okay, how how far am I willing to go with all this?
2: So can you talk to us a little bit with this new journal? And obviously you have all these great projects going on. One of those projects that we'll get to in a second, I'll let John talk about is you getting on our (laughs) library of art, which is super exciting for us at Diocesan. But how would you say that, can you talk to us a little more about how this journal connects to everything we've talked about today, your faith, your art. How did you get into the journal writing space and how does it tie into your larger artistic mission as an artist?
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, like I said, art is a language and now it allows me to tie it to other languages because not everybody speaks art. Some people speak words or music or whatever. I don't speak music very well. I will not even attempt <laughs> that with you guys, but um, <laughs> so this idea for the this particular book, which is about the B- dudes, I think actually came from one of my patrons, somebody in an email long ago said, oh, you should do this. And everybody's always saying that to me. So a lot of times I just let it slide by, but I sort of kept it in the back of my mind. And when Ave Maria Press came and said, hey, we want to do the book. What are you guys, what are you working on? And I was like, well, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I tend to work one off or I'm doing some assignment for somebody. And so I wasn't working on a book project. Mm-hmm. And that was my realization that, oh, maybe I need to think about myself more as an author. But I submitted a couple of ideas, loose ideas. And one of them was the Beatitudes. And of course, that's the one they picked. And it's the one I had the least amount of thought about. <laughs> and so I said, okay, because I, I just am kind of dumb that way. I'm like, sure, I'll try it. It actually took me kind of a while to figure out exactly how you want to approach it. And in fact, the first sort of intro paragraph I sent my editor, she said, and this is how why I chose the quote from the beginning that I did about moving from the head to the heart. She said, well, that sounds like you are writing it for someone who's reading about the Beatitudes in their easy chair and has no intention of getting up and living them. Hmm. And I thought, that's probably where I am right now. <laughs> and so I better take a deeper look at this. So like, without me trying, here's God foreshadowing me through the kind words of my editor. And she, she's great. She's just right on point. And I knew there was a problem. I didn't pinpoint what it was. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, so what do I really feel? And what I really came to realize is how scary that the b really can be. You know, they sound easy on paper. Oh, sure, foreign spirit will live with humility or whatever. But what does that really mean to like, to really know in your heart that you really are not capable of controlling anything in your life other than your own actions and your response to your own emotions and allowing God to lead and fill in all the deficits. like, that's kind of a big thing, you know, and that's the first one and probably the easiest one. Then you get all the way to the last one of being persecuted. It's like, well, geez, that could go a long way. You know, I, the saints I've chosen this book so several of them were died or killed early on and for their beliefs. So, it could be, it could, there's just a range. And again, how far are you willing to go? And so, anyway, as I'm studying how I want to create my hook for this thing and what saints I want to exemplify each beatitude and a reading about their lives and, and digesting what I want to say, it starts to actually help me with my own fear about it. If these people were allowed to find God and so, just so wholeheartedly that there was no doubt. Okay. And it wasn't just one guy. It was, there's thousands of saints, right? And they all managed to find a connection to God above and beyond what you would expect anybody to have a connection to anything else about. And that gives me hope that I'm not crazy. It isn't just my imagination or wishful thinking that God really is real. God really is with me at all times. Yeah. So I learn, I really do learn as I'm writing this book. And each saint reflection is only, Four or 500 words, because that's how the journal works. It's broken up into different art writing and journal prompts and space for your reflection, all those kind of things. So there's only a set amount of room. So they're not, bio- they're not full on biographies. You can go get that on Wikipedia, but they're what was in their heart that allowed them to exemplify this particular beatitude so well. Distilling so that down, that editing process is really what teaches me, not just in the saints' life, but what can I extract out own life and toss aside because it needs to be edited out. Believe me, I love to control everything. <laughs> and I step into the same past sins or even things that are healed. You pull them up and you're like, oh God, I did that again. Yeah. I, just
1: I love it. I love it, Jen. And I think what I took away, or at least from the little that I know about this journal, just getting some information from Ave Maria, learning that you had this journal was amazing. I was like, oh my goodness, we got to have this book so one of the things that i took away you mentioned hope i think that right now we all need hope we all need hope in this world we need faith help tools i guess is the best way to describe it that will just not only i think we one of the things that we or at least in my case let me speak for myself can't speak for the rest of the world but i'll speak for myself i'm the neon sign kind of guy you know i mean i have to see the neon sign saying john go this way yeah your book (laughs) does that for me. Just from the little that I've seen, and again, I can't wait to dig deeper into the book. It's the beauty and wonder of God's creation. And you mentioned also that each individual saint here, they were inspired to seek him uh, in their daily lives. And that is something that I think all of us, hopefully all of us are longing for, to continue to be inspired, to have hope, to admire the beauty and the wonder of God's creation in our lives.
3: Yeah, I think we're all, you're right, we're all seeking it. Mm-hmm. And the saddest thing is when you watch somebody try to find it by trying to find everything else around. It. Yes. And I've been in that space too. I forget, the stat- The hard part is when you get to the other side, you realize that you want to suddenly go out and change anyone else mm-hmm. yeah. right away. And they you can't, you know, they have to walk their own walk in their own timeline and trust that, trust again, that God will lead them to the same place that he's led you yeah these saints they're just they just they're real people with real problems yes. <laughs> that that you can relate to and i found myself relating to all of them in different ways i mean like one of them is saint mark Xian shang mm-hmm. and i'm probably saying that wrong and he is blessed are the they who hunger and thirst for righteousness hmm. and his story is one he was a christian in china china and he was a doctor and he was a good man he treated people for free who were poor, all kinds of stuff, but he had a stomach ailment mm. and treated himself. This is in the 1800s. He so treated himself with opium, which was the drug of choice then, mm. and then became addicted. And then because of his addiction, he kept trying to get out of addiction by going to confession. And his priest finally said, you know what? You're not getting better. You're not even trying. So no more communion for you. Ousted him from the community. Oh. And so, and he just became a sort of ostracized, but he never gave up hope. He ended up After 30 years of this, desiring to be a martyr because he thought in his mind, because there was no treatment for addiction or anything, Mm -hmm. but in his mind, he thought that was the only way he would get to heaven. He was willing to take that on just to be with Jesus, just to be healed, Wow! even though he couldn't be healed in the world. You know, like you think about anything we're addicted to in life, and it could just be social media. It could be the news. It could be food. It could be whatever. And how often we keep falling back into those same old patterns Mm -hmm. because Something's broken in our hearts, yes. something is unhealed, or something's healed and we just are tired and we fall back in. I mean, I struggle with that one. And, you I'm know, <laughs> just to not give up, and I know <laughs> we all do. If we're honest, it gets easier to veg out in front of bad TV than it is to like deal with this problem. And uh, just to not give up hope, mm. you can fall, you can stumble and go, okay, I got to try again tomorrow. Sorry. But, mm-hmm to not give up hope yes. and that's what we want because right now we all see people whether they're harming someone else to themselves giving up hope because the world's crazy just to trust this is all this crazy is all part of the unveiling mm-hmm. i felt that during the year of covid it's like i felt like something else is going on here it's just about a disease and just to maintain that hope and if you don't have it yet go find it go find it in your church go find it by just even just try to understand what the Eucharist is. Try to understand what the value of confession is, the sacraments we have. Those are gifts. They seem like they could seem like really boring things we have to do. And if we're outside the Catholic faith, you think, oh, that's just nuts. What are, what are those people doing over there? But like abstract art in the museum, go to ask the question. What was the artist thinking when he made mm-hmm. that thing? What is it? To, what did it say in its time? Just try to ask yourself the question. And see where it leads without judgment, because it might lead you to something to hold on to in these really tough times.
1: So powerful, Jen. So inspiring, which is perfect segue into what you're doing with Diocesan today on how you're taking your beautiful art and sharing the beautiful work and the beautiful inspiration that the Holy Spirit and Christ is offering you through your work through the Library of Art here at Diocesan. Jen, we know very few details about this interaction. Probably our, our listeners will love to hear the details. Maybe you can give us a little sense of what, how it all came about. I know we've been working with you for quite some time, or collaborating, I should say, with some of the artwork. We've done banners. I've seen beautiful banners in parishes and events that we've also hosted or we've been a part of throughout the years. But how did this all come about, the collaboration in the Library of Art and What are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing?
3: Yeah, well, this has definitely been an answer to a prayer for me. One of the things that I get asked uh, just through my own email and everything a lot is, can we licensure our, for a lot of things, but in particular for our church bulletins. And I get a lot of those requests, frankly, from the Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists, everybody outside the Catholic church, because they generally, they work differently and they have budgets for thematic preaching and bulletins and all that. And so they're looking for these things. And so I just started answering tons of 20 minute conversation, even though I developed some standardized answers and I was answering these things times a week and thinking, Oh my gosh, so when am I ever going to paint again? I mean, it's just, <laughs> the, the business really can take over the painting. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's the challenge is real on that one. And at some point in the past, and it wasn't Kurt Street, who's who I've been working with mm-hmm. now. It was another, the other Kurt, the other Kurt, <laughs> Jennifer Whaley. <laughs> yes. There's been a few people in the past. Well, we've dabbled in this idea and as the as I started getting more and more requests and started distracting more and more from my art, number one, I wanted to get it off my plate. And I actually did build a part, a secret part of my website to handle this for a while. Mm-hmm. And the other one is I, I realized I wasn't really reaching the Catholic church with bulletin and worship related nonprofit needs because the Catholic church never has a budget or they don't use it for this. Mm-hmm. They use all the free clip art. You've all seen it. That's why you guys are doing what you do. They, That's why we have you sec- doing what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. It's a church secretary who doesn't have the budget, whatever. And somebody, you'll, you'll stay. And my, the files I'm offering through the diocesan, they're gigantic because you don't need those for bullets. They're smaller files at a very affordable price. And even then, people are like, oh, we don't have that money. So I thought, okay, how in the world can I reach my own church? This is really my uh-huh. heart. And I had put on my calendar... I calendar talked to Diocesan and I kept moving it through the calendar for probably a couple of years because I got busy and never got around to making that phone <laughs> call. And then finally, one day, I think I must have just reached out to Kurt and said, Hey, here's what I want. And this is why I want it. And are you guys ever going to do anything over there? What do you think? And he said, Oh my God, we've been talking about this. Yes, we're interested. So it just, it was a timing again. God's timing. God's I timing. Reached- I reached you, I reached out on a day. He was literally thinking (laughs) about, and so we had a whole conversation. And then I just, I told him how I was doing it and the price points that seemed to work for me and what made sense that were respectful of people's budgets, yet respectful of the fact that I'm a living artist with bills. And it's either being an artist and being a religious artist, because people think you should be giving everything away free for God, you know, like icons. It's like, well, when I'm dead and gone, sure. I'm going to, you guys are going to take it over for me right there. You're my legacy. But in the meantime. No, I have bills. I mean, I have to work like anyone else. And God doesn't deny me a paycheck just because I'm doing religious mm-hmm. work. Anyway, so we discussed a lot of things. And he said, we're building this library. And so, yeah, I just- Beautiful. Forged when I could to you guys. And I'm thrilled just, you know, not only to take it off my plate, and you know, believe me, I'm like, talk to diocesan, talk to a couple of <laughs> times a day. I'm sending people your way. So that's good for both of us. But at the same time, I'm just thrilled to be hopefully reaching the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and bringing- because one of the things I learned in just showing up at some of the trade shows, both retail and wholesale trade shows over the years mm-hmm. is how hungry the Catholic church is for new imagery. Yes. And I'm not changing. I don't want to tell my own version. I'm not changing theology or any of that. I'm trying doing the best I can to stay with the story, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it my own kind of colorful folk styled way that I probably developed in my head, living in Arizona as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's more feminine because that's always been a piece missing in the church in some ways. And, you could like it or not like it, but I'm adding another flavor. Bring up the cooking term, you know, another spice another to the spice. story. And so, if it captures, if it captures attention, you know, like think of all our young people. My daughter's 25; they're not looking at the church. They're thinking they're one, they're in the crowd, going, "Why well, that stuff seems like crazy? I'm going to go over here and try to make my money, whatever it is." If I can add thing to just draw someone in a little bit till they start asking this question, then I'm grateful to God for that opportunity. That's really all I'm. I don't need the fade. I just honestly hide hide from it.
2: <laughs> so solitary. And that's the great thing about art too, is really beauty just draws people in. It's one of those things mm-hmm. that just draws you in. And so that's the beauty yeah. about everything that you're doing, truly, and thank you for the work that you do is because it does. It draws people in a new way. And like you mentioned, I mean we have a large history of art in the Catholic Church. But much yeah. of it for a lot of that history looked the same or similar. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice to see a more modern take that, again, like you said, isn't changing the story, isn't changing the theology, but it's bringing a new face to it, yeah. and it's just drawing people yeah. in a new way. Love it.
3: And the other thing is, I think there's actually been a lot of work that's been done first people's personal life. Mm-hmm. Probably been thousands and thousands of artists, and especially female artists, who were painted home and got you know, did their drawings and things as part of their prayer, certain things too, just like I do. But there wasn't at least a known avenue to get it out or to certainly make a business out of it so you could sustain it. Mm -hmm. And modern life has given us that. And even when they started, the internet wasn't what it was. Now, as far as how people are standing on how to buy, I have this Etsy shop, but it floundered partly because nobody was really buying enough yet. Etsy was the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Well, now everybody's buying everything online, especially since COVID like that. You don't even go to the store anymore, right? So all those years I had to, and I came out of high tech design. So I had some knowledge on how to do marketing build a website, things like that. But I set it all up behind the scenes, plugging away at it, just assuming it was gonna work. And then all of a sudden it just started to ramp up to the point where now I can like, okay, sit back and write a book. I don't have to be out on the street every day (laughs) filling my art. Thank God. That's a horrible way to make a living. (laughs) But so it's again in God's timing, I just had the call to do one thing here that led to something else over here. That'll probably lead to something else over here. And now we're entering this world of AI and chat things writing. I'm a content provider. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, you're never gonna get anything out of me that a chat GPI thing has written. You're gonna get my voice, whether you like it or not. But my voice is now going to be part, as is your voices, right? It's gonna be part of the the, the, milieu of what other people might be congealing together to figure themselves out. So if that's what I'm supposed to be doing, then I will overcome my shyness and go on a video. (laughs) (laughs) There you
1: go. Jan, we are so grateful. This was an inspiring segment with you. I'm so thrilled. First of all, a pleasure to meet you. I've heard your name. I've heard seeing your work for so many years, and it's such a pleasure, such a blessing to be able to connect with you via this format in our podcast, in our show. Hopefully our customers, our listeners will take joy and share the good news of the beautiful work that you're doing in the Catholic space. Jen, if any of our listeners would like to find your work, where would they go to get that info, get access to some of the work, even Ave Maria Press, where could they go? You could start at my
3: main website, which is just jennortonarts.com, long, but not too hard. That's easy. And I have links to to all my other shops through there. So I have an Etsy shop, a fighter in America and pixel shops and a Zazzle shop, which is great if you're a teacher because I have lower-cost posters nice. and little prayer cards yes. and things there. Yeah, I got started getting asked for those years ago, and so I sort of developed that shop on people's requests. And then, of course, my, both of my books, Surrender All and a Rise to Blessedness, are available at Ave Maria Press as well as in my own Etsy shop. And then if, if you have a favorite local Catholic retailer, certainly ask them to order it and have it there so we can support those guys too. But uh, Ave Maria Press is I don't know if I'm allowed to mention this until the 14th, I believe, this month. Okay. I'm not sure when this will air. Uh, my other book, Surrender All, which is the uh, Stations of the Cross, is on sale oh. for only three dollars. Oh, yeah, okay. So <laughs> stock up, Ow. and yeah, I know it's inventory uh, sale or whatever, but you can stock up for next year, or honestly, you can walk the stations any any point during the year. So you can get both books and get that one for three bucks and right now, and that's an awesome deal. So go there. Don't go to me for them, but. I love for it. the books right now, but after the 14th, you can get them anywhere. Of course, Amazon too. Good to yeah. know.
1: Good to know. So- we'll make sure to make a note of that and highlight that on our podcast notes. What I guess for those of you, of course, if you're interested in visiting the library of art at here at Diocesan, you can visit art.diocesan.com. Let me repeat that again. Art.diocesan.com and search for Jen Norton in the search window in that page. And again, you'll find all the beautiful work I'm sure we'll continue to add more pieces from Jen's gallery. And hopefully you'll, as a listener, get to enjoy and share with others that may be in need of beautiful artwork for your parish. With that, Jen, thank you so much. We are truly grateful for your time. And Tommy, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners and for Jen?
2: I just want to thank you so much. It's good to meet you as well. After hearing about you and seeing your art for so long, and I'd just like to end off by saying, keep creating, and I hope your husband keeps cooking. Uh,
3: so do I. Because that is not my favorite pastime.
2: Right. I, I enjoy eating though. I'm really good at the eating. Uh, part. See, and I got yeah, both. Thank you guys. I got both. So I don't know if that's <laughs> good or bad. But so I cook it myself and then eat it myself. I don't know. But oh, yeah, I don't
3: know. Hey, we're thankfully have food. That's so, right. Anyway,
1: that's right. Thank
3: you so much for having me on. That's
1: awesome been fun to see you guys finally not just emails yes god bless you jen and i hope you have a beautiful easter week and yes we'll have several weeks ahead to celebrate his resurrection yes
3: Yes, we do amen another 40 days awesome thank
1: you
0: you, amen thank you so much thanks for joining us at catholic life every day the podcast please visit diocesan.com slash podcast to listen to today's recording anytime you'd like and be sure to bookmark this page to check back often. We have some fantastic topics and speakers joining us this season, and you won't want to miss that. Catholic Life Every Day, the podcast, is produced by Diocesan. For more information, please visit diocesan.com slash podcast. And don't forget to find and like us on social media at facebook.com slash publications. On behalf of the Diocesan family, Have a wonderful day and may God bless you all.